0: Love Talk Radio Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence and I am the light within your soul. In the absence of truth and right, love makes the circle whole. And here we stand in line, waiting for some sacred sign, but to find the balance is the purpose of this time. To restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of Light and Love Everything I see is to be free And when I call to Thee, come on, bend knees. knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the ones surrounding me with love And I I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah East, west, north and south, I sense your presence Without and within, below and above, yeah yeah, East, west, north and south, I sense your presence I sense your presence Love. Everything I find in tune with the divine And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this Light within your soul In the essence of truth and light Love makes a circle And when I call to thee Come on, bend in me Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me for to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind. I sense your presence. I sense your presence. I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Shabbat Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sent your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Angel of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sent your presence
1: I sent your presence And thank you for joining here on Code Connection. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols George, and, <laughs> and I am your
2: host today. And the music
1: you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is called I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shenshai And I am in such deep appreciation for them allowing me to use their music. And I know they've progressed on way beyond this song and have so many other incredible pieces of music out there and, and in, enjoying themselves. And, you know, I love these groups and these bands and these individuals who are out there sharing their passion, like Shem Shai. because when I met Shem Shai, they were in the Sedona, Arizona area, and um, they happened to be playing at, at a thing that I was attending with some friends at a friend's house. And now, you know, he's just all over the world. (laughs) Literally, he's all over the world performing, and it's amazing. And he's just produced tons and tons of more CDs, and they're all incredible. So I just want to mention that because, you know, if you like what you're hearing here at the beginning of the show, they're a great group to follow. Go ahead, check them out. Facebook their website, www.shimshai.com, and that's S-H-I-M. F-H-A-I dot com, and that's at the bottom of our show description as well today. And I just want to extend a big welcome to everybody, whether you're returning because you've listened to the show before, you go, hey, I, I like what you're doing here. you got a little something unique happening. you got a little different twist on on the pulse of things that are really interesting. you got some good truths to share. Or, whether you're jumping in for the very first time because you looked at it and said, hmm, what's this about, this... Special operations topic today, and what's this coding stuff all about? <laughs> so, I welcome you, no matter where you're coming in from. We do stream live in three additional places: Talk Stream Live, Stream finder, and Ten, known as Care Book Network. So, I do welcome everybody listening through those channels, as well as those catching our podcast via through iTunes, TuneIn.com or through my YouTube channel. So welcome, everybody. During this show, what I do is I look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life code. And many times, um, or I should say part of the time, I anyways, mean, about 50 I do have guests on the show so that you get a chance to learn about other people, the work that they're doing, and what might be an option for your code energy. I also highlight different musical artists along the way and I've had some great, great artists. Uh, Wayne Chater was the last one I had, who was a busker in Australia, and uh, that that was really wonderful, but I've had many incredible musical artists, including Stephen Hawthorne, Peter Cater, some of the bigger names like that. They might have just seen them recently on the Grammys, so they're usually up for nominations there. Uh, so it's, it's been a wonderful journey with the numerous wonderful people involved on this show. And also, you know, then I do a variety of different topics and share different tools and resources and thoughts that allow for personal exploration, universal insights, and expanding basically your perception of how life works so that we don't get locked into a box and we don't get locked into a singular thought and we open up to a variety of different possibilities and, and how do we approach that in a compassionate manner. So in my work, what I do as a code interpreter is I interpret a person's life post and that allows them to live a life filled with compassion. I've also created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and that's something you can catch where other people have interviewed me. You can uh, go onto my website to find that, for the onecom I've also authored four books, the most recent being New Me Live Streams, and its companion workbook, which is based on uh, developing the perfect relationship for you, finding your perfect match in in relationship, and then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook, and then I'm also a collaborator on a fifth book called Grace by the Divine, um, the Enlightened Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose, and I'll tell you so that's an amazing book full of stories ranging everywhere from angels to the dark night of the soul to success and manifestation, and oh my goodness, it's got everything <laughs> in there, healing and health and all kinds of journeys and stories, and and um, I've just seen so many great Results and connections for people through that piece of work. So, you might want to check that out, which you can do at embracedbythedivine.com. And then, in addition to that, I've also created the True North Tour, which is a multi state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, and fundraising events. And I am laying a little bit low, I'll tell you, in 2016, with everything while well, I've been doing some restructuring and and working on shipping and putting some things into places. However, I do plan to be out towards the Southern California, Los Angeles region uh, during the summertime, late June or late July type of time frame. A lot of times they go to the East Coast in the fall. So you can kind of watch and follow and see where there might be some events coming up and what's going on. And uh, and I'm checking a lot of that right now. So you just have to kind of keep your eyes peeled and I'm weighing out you know, what might work the best and what I can bring in and <laughs> and manage at any given time. So stay tuned with that. Like I said, I know I'm laying a little bit low right now, but I am restructuring in a way that can bring out some amazing events to participate in. So I'm very excited about it. And just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, make sure you share it with people. You know, whoever that is, whether that's friends or family or just connections through your social media, because I know when I share a show, it always impacts the life somehow, very positively, it always touches somebody's heart, it always brings in something that they were needing to get at that point, and you literally don't know whose life you're going to touch or change just by sharing a show. So um, they can actually access it using the same link that you did to come into the live show and listen to it at their convenience. And, uh, again, all of our main Street Universe shows are available as a podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com. And uh, and then uh, basically most of my shows are, I think, all of my shows for activating compassion and code connection can be found on my YouTube channel as well. So now, before we get started, those that have listened in before, know that one of the things I like to start my show off with is uh, a little reading from The 72 Names of God, Technology for the Soul. It is by Yehuda Berg, who is a Kabbalah master, and I like his work because he takes the big concepts, he puts them into everyday language, and that's kind of how I function, because I feel like it's great to have all these big, giant concepts out there, but if they're not feeling tangible to you or in your life, you're not as likely to put them in motion. So that's that's why I like his work so much. He has common names, he has formal names. It's all pretty good. So this week, and every week what I do is I just flip the page. So it's always fun because it always connects with things that we're talking about and what we're doing on a week-to-week basis without even being planned that way. Now, this week, the common name of God that Yehuda is sharing with us is memory. That's right, memory. And that seems like it's pretty appropriate, actually, to today's topic. And his little initial message on this is, do you constantly make the same mistakes over and over again? And would you love to break the cycle? Um This is going to be interesting because (laughs) being that we're talking about various war things today and special forces, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a big mistake to keep making (laughs) over and over again in our world. But let's keep going with Yehuda's message. Insight that he gets on this is when we make a huge mistake in our lives and we wind up paying for it dearly, we vow never to repeat it. We've learned our lesson, we tell ourselves. But as time goes by, the pain of our error gradually fades away and soon we forget the price we paid. According to Kabbalah, the opportunity to repeat the same error inevitably returns to us, this time in a slightly dissimilar form, perhaps through a different circumstance or a different person. But the underlying problem is the same. We must confront the error over and over again until we internalize the lesson and remove the negative traits that led us to slip up in the first place. Each time we repeat the same mistake, our pain and our payment increases. This is a really huge thing, because in these days and times, this is why people are seeing such drastic results from even small things because it's a built up of repeating circumstances. This is why war tends to get bigger and bigger and bigger each time we go into it. You know we'd like to think, didn't we learn from World War one or world War two or you know, (laughs) or the Korea wars, or, you know, you'd think we'd learn. Didn't we learn from Pearl Harbor? Obviously not, because we're still fighting wars, right? So somewhere we haven't gotten our lesson, and the wars get more dangerous every time we go to them. So that's something that I'm going to be taking a look at, at, you know, what's going to happen for us in these wars this year? You know, what's going to happen uh, with our different troops, and where do they stand in this? And, and how to solve all of this code out uh, for it. Now, the meditation that Yehuda goes on to give is, the power of memory arises within your consciousness. Lessons of light are deeply ingrained into your being, including the lessons filling the very pages of this book. This name also removes negative memories and activates Greater memory retention. Pretty powerful. Again, the common name of God that we're working with this week is called memories, and the more formal name is Rav Shen Shenresh. Shen and uh, you know, I encourage you because later this year I've got a guest coming up who's going to be a returning guest of mine, Dr. Robert Newton. And we're going to actually be delving into some more of the 72 Names of God on a a more in-depth level with some of the new work that he's been doing and putting out. So I think you're going to find that show incredibly interesting. It's going to be one to to watch for that's coming along the way. But a very powerful message. If you'd like to go back and reflect on this message directly, you can certainly do so. I do keep it up on my page of the Main Street Universe tab. And I love to do that. I love to go back and reflect on things and re-grab the concept and go, now, what was I focusing on this week? And, you know, how did this, how is that playing into what's happening in my day? Because there's always a connection there. Now, moving on with today, a little plot here that's leading us towards our topic for today. How many times in life do we think we are going into just another, huh, routine day? Procedure was something that we have been through plenty of times before. And how many times does that routine situation turn into something else? Is there a way that we can tell if what should be routine will turn into something more? We are in times where the unexpected is all that we can expect. What should be gets switched up and plans get changed around. This is definitely one of those years where what doesn't seem possible will not only be possible, but is likely. Not only this, so many times there are signs and symbols and things happening that we tend to just ignore or disregard. We tend to fall into a safety or comfort zone, thinking all will be smooth because we have been through it before, only to get a rude awakening or big surprise which turns the tables and leaves us wondering just what have we gotten ourselves into. It is especially important that we don't disregard feelings of being unsettled, even when things should be well. Having spent some time in the mid-state, most of the people here have served in one branch or another of the military. If they haven't served personally, they have had a spouse, partner, parent, or child serve. And I bring this up because it is a great example of when we need to be realizing that normal procedures may not be normal. Also, even if one is not in the military or doesn't have some to them, it is important to be aware of when special forces and mass deployment is happening. And this is because it is a sure sign that things are brewing. The way of the energy codes right now shows great deception. And this includes leading people to believe they are going in for some standard procedures in routine time, when in reality, they will be stepping right into a major war. Most of this will not be disclosed to them until shortly after they have left the U.S. or as they are leaving the U.S. Any time special forces are being called for deployment, we can be certain that the government has things brewing. However, why be secret about it? First, they have a greater power when someone acts by their own choice instead of being forced into things. It is like inviting someone into your home. There is a saying that evil can only enter where it is invited. To do something by choice, is to invite energy in, whether that is good or evil. So it is important for us to pay attention to those little stirrings within, and watch what we are inviting in. The deployment of special forces affects everyone, with or without being in the military. And for this, is a sign that our government is up to something, wars or plans. If you have been watching things more carefully, then you know that there are wars planned to break out and in increments throughout this year, particularly in Iraq, where most of our special forces are being deployed. Now, this is not about psyching ourselves out, but about paying attention to realize when we are or are not getting the entire story along the way. And it's about realizing that some things do not happen unless there are bigger plans in place. Like many in the military, they go in innocently, believing that they are doing something great for their country, for our rights and freedoms, that they are protecting us. Yet in reality, the very ones that are telling them that are really the ones that we need to be protected from. This doesn't just happen with war or the military and in government but it happens in multiple areas of our lives. Like that sense that we shouldn't get on the road and drive, but justify it, it will be okay, or trust that the road conditions we receive show that it is safe, even though we have seen severe weather going all through the region we are traveling. It could be that instinct to pull off and rest on a long drive, justifying you have made the same drive many times, just as tired with no trouble. So many times we disregard our instincts, the inner stirring, the warnings, and the signs that are so blatant that we don't believe them. So many times we create justification and excuses or reasons for things as an attempt to make us feel more at peace when something doesn't feel right. So many times we just refuse to look at something because we don't want to see it. We don't have to worry about these unsettled cases, but it is wise to pay attention to them. It is not about dropping into realms of fear, but in listening and watching in a way that allows us to make wiser decisions along the way. It is about being in a place that you are willing to say no, if it isn't feeling right to you. So what things have you not paid attention to? And are there things in your life that you are justifying or making excuses for? And where are you telling yourself that things will be okay when your inner self is warning of turbulence? Now, this is a good topic this week. <laughs> I know that was a big piece of information to digest, and we're going to get into it here, and we're going to delve, again, a little more into our special forces, which are being deployed at this time and um, being deployed and layered at this point. So before we, we get into the need of our topic today, another little insight is our code energy for the week, and the code energy for this week opens opportunities for success and victory for those that have felt like they have been through a series of tests or initiations You are likely to see some of the biggest results at this time. Determination to see things through brings the promise of brighter days, and this is a time to make advancements or where you might receive recognition in some way for what you have done. Don't always wait for others to do this for you. Give yourself recognition and welcome and embrace the blessings as they unfold for you. Okay, I'm going to take a little break here, and when I return, I'm going to be sharing the codes about special forces and what that means for us to have them deployed at this time. Now, the song I've got for you during our break, actually, I have two songs that I'm going to do today uh, during our break time. The first one is called Solen Moments, and the second one is called I'm Living in Your Shadow. They're both by Claire Hedin, and if you'd like to find out more about Claire's work, you can do so on our website at www.clairhedin.com, that's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And I'll also mention that the code energy information is posted in two places. It's posted on my page of the Main Street University app on my website, Jesseanne George for number one.com. And I also have it on my Jesseanne George Code Interpreter Facebook page, and I put it there every week as well. So, a couple of different options if you want to go back and reflect on that during the week. And we will be back in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm.
2: Dreams whispered nothing as it seems, watching, waiting for.
1: In Stolen Moments by Claire Hidden and give me just a moment and I'm gonna jump in there <laughs> to the second song I'm Living in Your Shadow. You're listening to Code Connection and this is Jesse and Michael Swords. We're just on a little break before we get into the meat of our show today and um I, I'm sort of there with my music. I think I'm having a little. <laughs> hey, here, here we go. We'll be back in
2: just another minute. And I'm living in your, your shadow, and Is it isn't much fun. Living in your, your shadow, wondering mind. why I haven't gone. I'm living watching in your you shadow, it's really not much fun. Day. Sitting in the background, I'm watching you move right forward in the passion of each day. Sitting in the background, fading right away fading right away, and I'm wondering why I am still here, I'm wondering why I haven't gotten into my own gear, sitting with shadow and it is much fun, I tell you there's a sunshine In the shadow, in the shadow, in the shadow I light your way up for you for business and fun I'm always hoping that someday you'll turn around and be my son Be my son And I'm watching you forward in the passion of each day And I'm sitting in the background fading right away And I'm watching you forward in the passion of each day Sitting in the background, fading right away,
1: fading right away. And welcome back. This is Jessie and Nichols-George. You are listening to Code Connection. And those were a couple of songs by actually a former guest, one of the, the early, early guests that I had on my show when I was doing the Activating Compassion show. And that was from Claire Hedin. Those songs were called Stolen Moments and I'm Living in Your Shadow. And again, you can check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N dot com. And she is just a beautiful soul. I'll tell you, if you get a chance to she's she's out near the Northern California area, near the Bay Area in that region, Berkeley, around there. And if you ever get a chance to connect with her or doing one of her events or listening to her play or uh, participating in anything she's doing, you'll have an amazing time, I can assure you of that, because I got a chance to meet her in person during one of my tours up through that area, and she's just an incredible person to know. So today, what we are delving into is we're going to be talking about the codes of special forces, and for people that aren't familiar with codes, because codes are kind of a new thing, and codes are what I deal in. I interpret codes, and I'm um, I I, getting the message that... Uh, um, you know there's a little bit of crackling or something coming through from my end of things, and i I don't have an option for really correcting that. Give me one minute. I'm just gonna try something really quick. and I don't know if that's any better or not, but sometimes it's just actually in the the system itself, and there's not a whole lot I can do with it um but but hopefully it won't be too bad out there for listening in. So when I work with codes and I work with code interpretation, what code, code interpretation allows me to do is to really get into the truth of things. It kind of shows me the blueprint of what something is and how it functions and what the nature of that energy is. And then it allows me to also see how it is interacting with other things and, uh, how those things bring about another set of energy currents. So, you know, we could have two beautiful, easy, wonderful things and we bring them together and all of a sudden they become hard and challenging and difficult. Likewise, we could have two very challenging things, bring them together and they could, you know, create a really beautiful energy. So, uh, it, it's always, shifting and varying um, and what could happen. And when we talk about something, say, like special forces, or we talk about deployment and, and specific events that are going on, if these same events were to happen, say, in another place, another date, another time, we could see totally different results. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very much like say you take your favorite sports team and you know they do really great in their hometown, but then when you take them and you put them in another stadium, they don't do so good uh it's a, It's the same kind of concept because there's a different way their energy is is interacting with that other stadium so it's a very similar thing now, some people might be going, "Oh my gosh, how do you <laughs> connect special forces, military war, and be this sort of um, truth bringer and speaker and, you know, talk about all these things that the government's up to and make that compassionate <laughs> or bring an element of compassion in. And that is part of my approach on this show is we are going to talk about some heavy stuff. We're going to talk about some in-depth stuff. We're going to talk about some of the dirt and the grime that goes on in the world. But, I also am going to bring in, and I like to bring in some sort of little process and focus and tool that we can work with in these various things that are happening in the world to help us be able to maintain a state of compassion. Because when we start talking about things like religions and belief systems and cultures and governments and military and things like this, people can get really passionate. They can get really stirred up about things and riled up about things. And this can set us off center. because so much of war, well, war is all about competition, for one, for the most part. War is really, um, you know, about dividing us. It's about conquering. It's about a lot of things that really aren't spiritually connected, so to say. They're material worlds aligned as opposed to spiritual world aligned, and they're really about things that are not in alignment with with divine working, so to say. Um, I do feel that a lot of times war has a lot to do with karma and people who are perpetuating cycles because For one thing, we oftentimes, for example, when we look at groups like Iran and Iraq and stuff, and and they're constantly fighting against each other, and this has been going on for hundreds of thousands of years, and, (laughs) you know, they're not willing to break the cycle. So it's like the same souls are coming back, fighting over and over and over again in these vicious cycles of things. And at some point, we need to be willing to say no to the war, because that is not our divine process. You know, we don't truly own anything. We like to have the illusion that we own a piece of land or we own this or we own that. But when it comes down to it, we really don't own any of it. <laughs> whether whether we've got a piece of paper telling us we do or not. Um, I also want to proceed and precede with a couple of little aspects. And that is, most of you have probably guessed, I am not... Pro-war, and I'm not pro the things that governments, not only the U.S. government, but other governments do, whether it's the Russian government or the North Korea government or the Iraqi government or the Afghanistan government or whoever it is. I'm really not real pro on the whole political arena. However, I do also understand the mentality where a lot of people come from about going to war. And as I said earlier in the show, I am sitting in a region that is very strong about the military services, where a lot of our military people come from, and that is the mid-United States. When we get into regions like um, Illinois and Kansas and Iowa and South Dakota, where I am, Uh, it's very big. It's very hard to not run into somebody that is part of the military. And here in South Dakota, they do a lot for the military people. Uh, They believe very, very strongly in fighting for their country. And we do miss the whole point that (laughs) you know we're not really supposed to be fighting in the first place. (laughs) We're supposed to be getting along with each other. We're supposed to be figuring that piece out, not fighting with each other. But you know, they they do believe in this sort of freedom and having rights. And this is a big thing that a lot of us are programmed into, is that you are fighting for your rights. You're fighting to defend your country. But yet, so many times we aren't. So many times we're involved in other people's battles and wars and engaged in those things. And that's not always an easy um uh, piece to, to, to tackle in there, if you want to say. But this is part of the mainstream that a lot of these people do go off with this belief that there is a good intention. You know, they go off with believing and being told that they're doing something good for the world, that they're doing something good for their country. You know, forget the fact that most of them are coming back seriously, mentally, physically, emotionally wounded, um, that a lot of them come back with these horrendous memories that they they have wedged into their mind or limbs blown off or things like this. And, and what do we do? We give them a medal or an honor and go, hey, that's really great. Thanks so much. If we even say thank you. And half the time we don't. And then we give them a day and give them a parade. And they act like we're honoring them. And for some people, they sincerely are remembering them and trying to do this honoring piece. Um, But when we look at a lot of that, a lot of that is our government feeling guilty for what they're doing. (laughs) And I'm just going to be blunt about that. Because we have to keep in mind that these wars are oftentimes stimulated to have power. It's elite fighting for power is basically it. And this is just fun games to them like the average person sitting down and playing video games. That's what war is for them. It's it's about I want to own more than you want to own. It's about greed. It's about selfishness. And so of course I'm not going to condone war. But that being said... (laughs) I also have had many relatives go to war, and I had many relatives that, uh, you know, have gone off to fight for our country, again, under that illusion that they were doing something magnificent or wonderful for their country, and that included my father, who was in the navy. Uh, that includes uh, includes a cousin of mine who was a four star general in the Air Force. Uh, he was one of only 25 four star generals before they ever issued a five star uh, uh, had a five star opportunity there, um, and he he made a career out of out of the Air Force. Of course, I've got a bloodline connection with George Washington, who was very pro military endeavors as well. Um, so I'm, I'm not blind to that side of the fence either. <laughs> um, for those that wonder, you know, where do you speak of, of the government um, doing these things they're doing and playing these games? Well, I know that very well also because in my past, in my younger days, I was engaged to somebody for a short period of time who was involved in foreign affairs and our own government killed him. They blew him up, blew up his car, blew him up here in the United States on the East Coast. So I pretty much know a lot of different angles of this piece even before I opened the book to code on this. And, yeah, those are some pretty intense experiences. Um uh, to, to have had and a, a wide variety of experiences of people in at different places and and ways in this this element of things. But the big thing is is that here in the Midwest, there's a lot of deployment going on, and they've presented it in the sense that okay, it's all choice right now. We're not doing a formal draft, so they say. (laughs) So they say, right? And why are they doing that? As I mentioned in my post prior to going to break, it's because part of the trickery and the deception energy and part of how it works is It needs to be invited in. That's where it holds its greatest power over people, so things like the government. And when we pass these bills that say, oh, yes, you can come with military and protect me, we're actually then opening the door because the hidden things that they don't tell you about is they can come plowing into your home and take it, for example. Okay, so when we look at... These different components, we are giving them that invitation a lot of times, so if they can get people to say, "Oh heck, yeah, it's just a you know it's just a routine endeavor and it's just a routine aspect, and sure, I'll sign up, I'll go over there because." then I'm going to get X amount of more money when I retire and I'll be able to retire with this higher standing and, you know, where I'm going to be in Kuwait is going to be just fine because it's a peaceful country and everybody likes (laughs) Kuwait. Okay? So they get people to volunteer and sign up and fill this list up to go off in deployment. And that's the way they prefer it because then they don't have to look like the bad guys that say, you're drafted, you're drafted, you're drafted, you're drafted along the way, so this deployment has been being planned for many months now, and the the reality of the situation is let's let's face some realities here. If everything's just a standard routine procedure, first of all, you would never need to deploy your special forces, right. You don't need special forces if it's just going over and sitting on land and doing nothing. If there's no alarm and no warning, you don't need to bring in people that are higher up necessarily, okay? But they're actually, and it's been starting to come out piece by piece now, that there are some wars planned. There are some threats that have been getting made to different countries, and there are some actually things that have been set into place to play out over this year in particular, and they're starting off very calm, but uh, in previous shows, I know I mentioned it, uh, that I've done on some of my own shows, Uh, I believe part of that was when I talked about the year 2016, so you can always go back and catch that show in the archives. A lot of these people that are being deployed and heading off in the next week, it's going to be in about one to two weeks they're going to start opening up and telling them what they're actually getting deployed for, as opposed to standard routine operation. So little pieces are going to start coming out. And what they're preparing for, and they've already been admitting this starting as of last fall, um, and, and you can go in and you can Google it or whatever you want to do. They've already started admitting it. There are wars planned to break loose in the fall of this year. And we're going to see a couple of little red flag warning things. We're going to see a couple of little minor outbreak spat type things going on. And then come the fall is when we're going to see a big outbreak. And we, we can expect a lot of action on the war front in September and October of this year. We're gonna have a break, ironically, for our elections in November, and then we'll be back into the war zone come December. So it's going to get to be a very emotional year. The thing about this is they think they have it all under control. They think they have it all planned up. They think they have it all within their realm right now. And Because of the year's energy that we are in, the year 2016, there are so many more pieces. This year, big year for war, because it's a big year, we're looking at a big transition. Who's going to have control over the next nine or ten years? This isn't an average war year. Because whoever ends this year in control, in the way of countries, political leaders, the elite, okay, are who will have the majority governing and influence around our Earth for the next nine to ten years. So we need to think pretty good about that for one thing, okay? Second of all, as people have heard me talk about in regards to 2016, It's no longer just about power. It's about purpose, which means that there's bigger cultural things involved, which means this is why the wars that break out this year are going to be harder, bigger, faster, more reactive because they are going to be designed to split people, to divide people. They're going to be aimed at cultures and religions and races and that's something for us to think about, we can't allow ourselves to be swayed and played by those who choose to compete. It's up to us to say, no, I'm not going to play in your competition. I'm not going to compete. I'm not going to go down those roads. And for us to wake up and start realizing that freedom is about a whole lot more than war, And when you're fighting, you're not in freedom. And you can never get freedom from war. Never. Because when war codes out, war is about ending. It's the big finale. War is about the final chapter. There isn't another refresher. (laughs) quick, it. Okay? So that's a that's a big piece for us to consider. War doesn't necessarily lead to freedom. Freedom on the other hand, if we look at how how freedom codes out, we've got let's see here. We've got uh we've got a different dimension which freedom is really about responsibility. And many have heard me talk about that responsibility piece being gigantic right now. Responsibility is really, in some ways, the codes of the ascension. You know, what the ascension is all about, it's about us becoming more responsible as a human race, and war is certainly not responsible. It's about us taking a stand and standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to be swayed by your influence and your lies and your deceptions, and I'm not going to invite you into my home, a.k.a. my inner space. So that's a big piece there. The other big piece that we have at hand in 2016 is that as well planned as all of these world leaders want to believe they've got things, we still have the strange fatalities and accident energy, which is something that governments or world leaders are trained to trigger. They're trained to do the things that trigger those strange accidents and fatalities along the way. And that means that they're also not going to have control. They may think they're going in for one thing. They may think that an area is safe and it's loaded with mines. Okay? They don't know. Something that has never happened before, never should happen, can very easily happen this year because of the way the energy comes. It's a whole different ballgame than our Vietnam Wars, our World Wars that we've been through before. And you've got some big players here. You know, you've got North Korea, you've got um, China involved, and that's, that's something I'm going to be taking a look more at the dynamics of these countries later on, because they are big triggers to wanting to keep the competition going. They are really big players in trying to keep the turbulence in the world and trying to keep people divided in the world. They're really big triggers in pitting people against each other where there's already natural animosity or tension going on.
2: They
1: were a big part of what was behind France. And if we're not paying attention to that, that was just one piece of how they come in and they can easily take control of things by bringing these massive amounts of people together. And what do you think wars do? They bring a massive amount of people together in one space, making it very easy to take them out. And they, for the most part, are keeping their hands clean because people are killing each other off. All they're doing is giving them the fuel to create the fire, so to say. They're just, you know, it's like them standing in the middle. It's like a reality show where behind the scenes they're triggering everybody's button and, you know, the the guy's running around saying, no, so-and-so said this about you. And then he goes to the other person and says, so-and-so said this about you. Well, that's basically what they're doing in war. And nobody said anything, but the next thing, you've got this big argument broken out, based on hearsay. And, of course, again, you've got a lot of people who are going in with this belief they're doing something good, and yet they're being played like this. They're being told lies, and they don't even realize that they're being told lies. And And this is a concern. So our first thing is to admit to ourselves that right now the month of February is a huge month. It's a huge aspect of this whole deployment process. And when we look at February 2016, now February in general, we're coming to the close of the seasonal year, preparing for a new seasonal year. This standardly is about the emergence of the light. This standardly would be, uh, you know, this is an energy of love. It's part, you know, when we look at various things of, of what's associated in February, it's, it's very standardly about success. It's about taking control. Everybody wants to be in the so-called position of the lion. And so to deploy forces in the month of February, they're drawing on the energy. And you've got to understand one thing I, I about this is, The way I code, the elite, the Illuminati, um, these various groups use a very similar system. And that's how they maintain world control in a lot of ways. It's how they uh, name their kids. It's, you know, to give them these positions of power and things like that. So February is a month about gaining control. It's about gaining the success So to deploy in the month of February is about assuring them success. And deployment and being deployed both code out to partnerships. So that means there's a success going on with partnerships. Now, when we look at this very specifically to the year 2016, we also find that it draws in February, 2016, means that they take command of nations. So of course, why else would you deploy in the month of February of 2016? Because the energy is aligned to give you command of nations through success and success in partnerships because people are going by choice, that's a partnership. Think about that. So they get these people to sign up, go by choice. They now have a working partnership, which is all founded in success, founded in being able to command nations. That's why they're deploying this month. A big thing there. Now, when we look at the aspect of deployment, in February of 2016 and we start to combine some of these influences again, we have another realm of success. We have another layer of magnetism, another layer of being able to get favors and gifts and being able to carry out our plans. <laughs> okay? Okay. But do you really think we're the only country doing that? I don't think so. But when you talk about timing to do it, boy, they couldn't have picked a better time because they're putting everything in their favor to do it. Now, when you add in the United States to this piece here, we have also another layer that comes in, that as we add the the energy of the United States to the deployment in February of 2016, it codes out to receiving assistance from people with higher power. Go figure. It's almost scary to think about what they've laid in their corner. And again, they're bringing these people in. They're deploying them out now. This is it. They're going out like in the next week. And then boom, here's going to be the big thing coming through that says, oh, and by the way, you're going right into war. Now, you can sit there and say all you want. Oh, well, Kuwait's a peaceful place. Nothing ever happens there. uh 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 we're dealing with a different realm here. We're dealing with people who want a bigger purpose, and that is to shake up world peace. And that's going to involve, by the way, some connections going on with Russia, North Korea, and they are working. Oh, you know, what a surprise with Syrian President Bashar Assad. What a surprise. And Syria is the one place that's at war with different things in different places. So if you sincerely, genuinely think that just because Kuwait's the place you're going to be, and that's always been safe and that's always been routine. Well, guess what? It may not be. Because now you're starting to bring in more and more cultures that are similar and like cultures, even though they're different, they're similar and like. And, and this is going to bring a division of the people in Kuwait to a certain extent. It's opening whole other doors there. So, yes, certainly the U.S. is putting as many things into place as they can, but this is not going to be a very subtle year when we look at these different pieces. Now, when we look at Army Special Operations Command, because that's the big deployment that's happening right now, particularly around the region that I'm in. And there's there's three key areas, actually four, that, that there are deployment to. And that's Kuwait, Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. All four of those areas. So we're actually sending people into areas where there are enemy alliances (laughs) and you want to tell me this is nothing more than routine wake up there's nothing routine about sending somebody into an area that doesn't like us and has teamed up with people against us so Well, in the past, there's been a lot about control. We're dealing a lot more with purpose now. We're dealing a lot more with egos now than we have in the past. We're dealing a lot more with religious superiority than we have in the past with things. Okay? So, some big dynamics. And you have two people, you know, you have multiple groups here that to a certain extent have favorable things on their side so when you start getting more than one group that basically is not just going to totally die off you're going to have this ongoing major war and of course there's been a lot of talk about you know what are the possibilities of world war three breaking out you know what are these possibilities of these things well we're halfway there already. And and I see somebody in the chat room made a, a comment about it is a killing squad. And basically, there is a big piece of it. If we thought Agent Orange was tough on our people before, in days gone by, the weapons are a lot harder now. They can reach a lot further now. You're dealing with things that have a lot more ability to deform and demobilize people. Why demobilize them? Why do some of these things? Well, you've got a couple of aspects. Look at the volume of genocide that's going on around the world right now, especially in some of these countries and in regions near them. This is an easy way to wipe out a whole lot of people at one time. It's also when we then use them for test areas. You know, if, if North Korea wants to come and drop one of their bonds over and they've got the alliance going with Russia and Syria right now, and, and an illusional partnership that's going to end up turning against each other, then, you know, if we name people and the healthcare care isn't set up to take care of any of them... <laughs> regardless of what they've been told, you've got people who can't defend themselves. They're at the mercy of whatever the government wants to do. So that's another piece of benefit to them. And basically they can, you know, take it that any direction they want to go with it. Um, What I can see also this year is that this year in a country like Afghanistan, we're going to see a lot of revolutionary energy going on. Because ordinarily, Afghanistan has, by its nature, the ability to have strong partnerships. But we're going to see those partnerships disrupted, and we're going to see betrayal among those partnerships. So what normally is okay for them is going to get very turbulent in Afghanistan. That is going to be a high area of uproar, so to say. We have, of course, our country of Syria, which is the heart of a lot of controversy right now. Um, you've got CERN, which has a lot going on with it right now um, in that whole realm, really looking at CERN, again, designed with all kinds of of influence to carry out the plans of the elite in many ways um, with that and, and getting a lot of assistance uh, in that area. But then when you look at Syria and you look at what's happening and, and the energy of Syria there, you're going to bring in a whole other aspect that it could get, if we have U.S. forces over there, it could get to a point that you know we're going to have to operate and decide whether we're going to be responsible. It's going to become a big power struggle. Over there, and that will be one of the places we have the biggest power struggle with. Will be Syria because it's all about controversy, it's all about who's right, who's the superior, who's going to take charge. So, they're going to be a big player in this whole big game of things. Um, they're going to be a big player, and, and we're going to have to make some of these bigger decisions because it's either going to be about are we going to be responsible enough not to drop some of these weapons that people have the capability of using, or are we going to drop them and deal with the consequences of it? When we start looking at Iraq for the United States, Iraq by nature is one of those who have played whatever side of the fence they want to play. They are one of those that have interwoven between numerous circles. And there's going to be a couple of things happening. All their little numerous circle things are either going to be exposed along the way or they're going to have some other bigger bigger pieces coming into play there. Um, you know, I think that the U.S. would come out ahead if something happened with Iraq. The U.S. would uh, definitely get some assistance. Uh, in in things if it came to that uh, Syria on the other hand Syria has an energy code for this year that pretty much makes them unbeatable and that's a scary thought they have the conquering energy and they have the energy that cannot be squashed this year and when we look at them being aligned with again North Korea and Russia whew, that's, that's not a pretty picture. And that's probably where a lot of the war breakouts will actually end up coming from. Now, when we look at Kuwait and what's going on in that realm, Kuwait actually deals with a very favorable energy. I think that they will be able to hold a lot of peace overall in things Um However, uh, and I think there's a good alliance there for the U.S. at this point. Uh, Definitely the partnership seems to be holding up overall in that realm, and I think we'll continue to have a reasonably peaceful um, alliance with them. However, we have to keep in mind we can have a beautiful peaceful alliance with Kuwait, but if Syria, North Korea, or Russia... Decide that they, you know, want to play their little ploy game. You know that, that alliance is only going to go so far. Um, you know they they really probably wouldn't have a problem wiping out everybody in a sense. Um, you know they 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 wouldn't. And I think it, realistically we could see a big deception factor go on. Uh, where Kuwait is deceived by Syria, and that could be the opening to a big war aspect there, Uh, because I do see a lot of turbulence. If there's an interaction this year between Kuwait and Syria, we're going to have a big war, and here again, the U.S. can be aligned with them. They can have a great alliance with them. However, (laughs) however that doesn't mean that they're going to be void of war because they're sitting in Kuwait. If Syria decides they want to attack, they're going to attack. And that is going to be one place that they are going to be looking at because that is where they're feeling the conflict. That's where they're feeling the contradiction. That's where they're feeling the competition. And that is a place that would be standing in their way of their bigger so-called agenda going on um when we look at different aspects we have of course also different um areas we our army special operations command is one of the biggest players in what's being deployed right now and what's interesting by that is this group of people by nature, are ones that are kept more isolated. They're ones that are kept a little more secluded from things, a little more protected, if you will, from things. They're ones, however, that also in some ways will be cut off from things if need be. Uh, you know, the money will not go naturally to them as as it does to some of the other other you know, aspects and and places. Um, Of course, ISIS is going to be a big player in things. ISIS is probably going to continue to hold very strong power in 2016 because of the way it is. We can expect to see them get conflicted next year. Next year we'll start to see some division of ISIS. Happening, and of course, you know, that's that's the big aspect of of things there. Um, Of course, you know, our, our Syrian President Bashar Assad is going to be a big player, and you know, it's going to be up to him. He is one of those people that he's not necessarily a strong leader on his own which is why he's probably going to be seeking out some of these other alliances, um, you know, working with Russia, working, you know, with some of these other countries, Iran, uh you know, these types of things, because he's not really good on his own. And ironically, his whole family name, his bloodline name, is actually all about deception he is a perfect scapegoat leader if you want to say that he is uh you know a person that uh you know he has that opportunity to you know to to choose differently but he would have to be more on his own he wouldn't have the support that he has now and that would be a tough choice for him to make he could definitely endure some big hardships if he was to do that, but his big lessons right right now is all about being responsible and if he goes after things for material purpose or gain, if he goes after things based on uh resources that he doesn't have in hand, he's gonna lose. And he's gonna lose big time in things. Um he will be the mole energy that gets exposed. He will be the one that people will find out he's been playing multiple sides of the fence. And we could very easily see him take a big tumble this year. And that, you know, here again you have the advantages and the disadvantages. When you look at some of that, uh, his taking a tumble this year is certainly going to shake up some of those other power sources as well along the way uh, with things and what's interesting uh as well when we look at the special forces that a lot of people are maybe not aware of uh that puts the us in jeopardy or in danger that i'm sure our government has to be well aware of <laughs> along the way and uh, you know who knows maybe some of that crackling you've been hearing on the airwaves from who who mentioned it in the in the chat room is that I'm being monitored again. <laughs> I find it amusing, but it could be. But uh, but let's face the reality. Any time, and, and this is part of the code of war or whatever you call it, uh, any time that special forces are deployed, it is considered an act of war. Think about that for a minute. Anytime special forces are deployed, it is considered an act of war, which means if we deploy special forces, we are doing an act of war, and any other country who wants to can take us as a threat as initiating war and attack on them and engage in battle to defend themselves. Even if we have not shot a weapon, even if we haven't drawn a gun, it doesn't matter. Anytime you deploy special forces, it is considered an act of war. And what is an act of war? An act of war is all coded to being a move in order to take command of nations which means you are automatically stating, I am taking command of the world. I am taking command of your nation. <laughs> Think about that. It's a big piece of the puzzle. If you're not going to initiate war, you don't deploy special forces. Even if they're going as so-called volunteers. You're still deploying special forces. And if we combine that act of war in the year of 2016, that wanting to take command of nations is magnified many times over, which means The same action, a minute action, a so-called nothing-it's-just-routine action will be taken much more seriously as an act of will. So basically, you're saying, hey, just go on over there. It's just routine. We're going to bump your payout, blah, 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 blah. And in reality, we're putting you in some of the highest jeopardy that we could put you in. We're deliberately triggering and calling war in other countries. Yeah. So we're basically just putting people up for slaughter in layman's terms is what we're doing with this. The United States of America. Yeah. Um, wow. When we look at some of these pieces, again, they are in a year that is about commanding nations, and that is why they are making these plays right now. When we look at the code of America, America holds the power code right now. Um you know, actually, that will kick in, I should say, not right now, but it kicks in in July. What a surprise, huh? That most of our war isn't actually going to occur till the fall, but we're deploying the special forces now under these codes of success. And I, I mentioned to people that one of the things that was going to happen was we were going to have these couple of little pops along the way that we wouldn't think a whole lot about, and we're going to get a little peace time. There would be something happening around June-July time frame, and we're going to get a little bit of quiet during the month of August, and then the wars are going to break out. Well, what a surprise that they're going to initiate it when they step into the energy of commanding nations the codes of commanding nations. If you don't think that the elite have thought about some of these things, think again, because this is how they plan their moves. Should we be in fear? Maybe not sitting in America. But we also have to keep in mind that our troops aren't on American land. Even if they're of our energy, they're not on our land when they're in these other countries. And each individual person over there, of course, has their own codes running with that country, with the year, with the wars, with the United States, with all of these pieces. Now, as I mentioned, of course, we've got four key branches, right, to our military. We have the Army, the Air Force, Navy, and the Marine. And the Army, their energy this year is all about responsibility. Are they going to be a catalyst in making the shift and the change to being more responsible in the world? They're holding a big piece of that. And the hardships that the Army endures this year will be because they weren't acting responsibly, because they were taking the advice of people who didn't have their backs, who really weren't for them. They're going to find out they're betrayers this year. And that's going to get very evident. And it's not going to be an easy year for the Army. I have concerns, because I personally know of people in the special forces being deployed right now. And they're good people overall. They care about people. They've shown their concern for me personally. They care about their families just like anybody else cares about their families. The Air Force is going to be the one in danger this year. Our Air Force will be under great deception this year. And they're going to be the ones that are going to take the big hits and things. They're going to be the ones that are going to be lured into traps. And they're the ones that we're going to see the biggest damage to. The East Coast had a lot of the sonic booms going on from invasion of Russian airspace. Okay, I talked about some of this in one of the either interviews I did or one of my other shows. And when they invade our space, that was kind of an act of war. When we send special troops out, that's an act of war. So we already have a hidden war going on. It just hasn't been made fully public yet. And so the Russians are already taking control of that airspace. Airspace will not be America's favored place. The Air Force is not favored this year. And we would do best to not utilize our Air Force. Because that's just like tossing them into the lion's den. Our Navy and our Marines, they hold some pretty good power this year. And they're going to be probably our strongest forces to rely on. A lot of pressure is going to come down on them. And they're gonna be big players in the game will be the Navy and the marines. They are both groups that and the Marines more so than the Navy because the navy there's a lot of internal deception uh with things they 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 always have people set up to take the fall along the way um although 2015 overall is a very favorable year for them, well-coded for them. Uh, You know, it will be better than average. Um, You know, they still have some of that internal deception factor that goes on. Now, the Marines are the ones that probably hold the strongest. And, you know, they will be the key, like I said, the key players for uh, obtaining any realm of so-called power. They will be the ones, in a sense, controlling um, the game. They will be the ones coming in with so-called mental superiority in the factor of things. Um, and they they innately uh, carry with them wisdom. They innately carry with them a victorious energy. So You know, we've got some things to think about here. We've got some pieces that we as a culture, we as an America, we as a country, we as a human race need to think about. And that's where I think the bigger piece comes in, us as a human race. When are we going to get it? It's not about... Black lives, white lives, Chinese lives, European lives. about people. Everybody matters. Everybody's got families out there, and and there's so many people that want to say, oh, yeah, but these crazy groups and those crazy groups, well, why do you think they're crazy like that? Why do you think they're doing the things they're doing? They're being plagued. They're being told lies. But you know what? At the end of the day... Those people are just trying to protect their families just like we're trying to protect our families. Those people want to have a life just like we want to have a life. And at the end of the day, they're looking for love just like we're looking for love. At the end of the day, they're trying to find divine spirit just like we're trying to find divine spirit. And if we could just see that we're a lot more alike than we are different, if we could just start to come together as a human race and not let ourselves get wrapped up in, he said, she said, this is going on, and competing with one another because of our skin color, because of our belief system, and taking it in and learning from one another, then we'd really have something. then we would really have a piece to consider. And these are big things for us. These are very, very big things. You know, we've got, oh, you know, so many things to think about. And as many things as the United States has on their side, In the midst of all of this, when the United States of America declares an act of war, it brings in a different energy than deployment. You know, as I talked about, we have the straight deployment factor, right? And straight deployment for us can actually weigh into our favor in many ways. And in this year, again, it is, even for the United States, about more than power, but a purpose, you know, like a bigger agenda that's there. And we're going to see more and more of this come out throughout the year, uh, what that's about. But when the United States of America creates an act of war, they put themselves into a code pattern that is beyond that normal after war declaration. They put themselves into the line of energy of initiating a revolution. They set themselves up for failure. So as many strong codes as they have this year to be the ones initiating an act of war and creating an act of war will not play in their favor. That will put a dent in their plans. That will put a dent in what they could do. And So we have to be very, very careful. This is not a normal war time, nor is it going to be this year. And when we talk about responsibility, we're talking about responsibility on a lot of levels, right? Because we're not talking about a few shotguns out there on the front like we did when the North fought the South or in days gone past. We're not talking about, you know, a couple of little mines or bombs out there. We're talking about stuff that can completely wipe out our entire planet. It's not child play anymore. It's not fun and games. It's not G.I. Joe. And so the responsibility comes in on a much bigger, deeper level for us. Because we have responsibility to each other. We have responsibility to ourselves, we have responsibility to our families, we have all of these responsibilities. But the bigger responsibility we have is to divine alignment. The bigger responsibility that we have is compassion. And that supersedes all of the other responsibilities. That's the path of wisdom, that's the path Mental superiority is compassion. So there are definitely those big, big pieces there. We have a bigger responsibility to Mother Earth because with the weapons and the warfare that we have at hand right now be in battle with those types of things can completely wipe out our planet. And then what are you fighting for? Not freedom. Not the right to own a piece of land and have a house on it. Because there won't be any. There won't be air to breathe. There won't be water to drink. Because it will all be gone, contaminated, contaminated, We won't even be here. We need to make the responsible choice of compassion this year. And it's our year to do it. And if we are willing to make that choice as a collective, and it doesn't mean that every single person on the face of this earth has to be on board, and I guarantee you they're not going to be because there are going to be some of these leaders like Bashar Assad like Putin, like some of the others, who aren't going to be on board with it. But if we have even 51% of the people on board with compassion, if 51% of the people will place love in their heart over the rest, then we have something we can all learn in this world, and I've got somebody who's wanting to come on to the call, and I'm going to open it up for just a couple of minutes because I I do want to try to give them their, their opportunity to to say something here, but I also um, want to get on to bringing us back into our heart centered divine connected space because this has been intense and I do want to send some loving healing energy out there for our troops that are being deployed, for our special forces that are being deployed right now, and for their safe return in things. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up and I, I see this is Pebus, if I'm reading the name right. Peebus, your microphone is open. No, no,
3: I'm sorry.
0: it,
3: it I... It's Peppers. Peppers.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that.
3: <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um I just wanted to say that uh I've been on five other channels in the last twenty minutes and all of them have been talking about what's gonna happen in the next ten years. So I just wanna, you know, ask what makes you so sure that you're the one who's right about all this.
1: You feel that I'm the the one that's right about it all?
3: <laughs> no, no, I'm just asking if, you know, how you feel you're any different from well, eight other well, people I... who think that ancient aliens are going to come back and, and <laughs> nuke us to shit. You know, I've just, I've seen some crazy conspiracies in the last 30 minutes. I'm wondering how you distinguish yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I distinguish myself because I'm a code interpreter. And so what I do is I'm I'm a code interpreter, and what I do is I actually read the blueprint of the energy that is in motion, the energy of anything, and the different components and pieces that are involved and how they interact. And this is a, a similar but not the same process that is often used by the elite themselves and by Various people who, uh, you know, use these types of methods to gain control in the world. Um, So so what I do is that energy interaction.
3: So you're a psychic?
1: um, It's not about being a psychic, no. I do use some intuitive measures. But it's actually about reading the energy. Everything has a current. Everything has a vibration. So like your Army, your Navy, your Air Force, your Marines, the U.S. government, the Syrian government, everything has an energy pattern to it. And when those energy patterns come together, they're going to interact in a certain way. And
3: who's going to win the election?
1: Depending on the year and the place that they're interacting will... Influence whether so that election uh, is favorable or not. So
3: who's going to win the Who's going to win the election? And I can write it down, and I can come back in eight months, and we can see if they won the election.
1: Okay, I did a show actually on that, which you can catch in my archives, and you can catch all of my insights about who I think on that. Sanders has been one of my big choices all the way through. Who is it going
3: to be? Is it going to be Trump? Are we
1: going to get Trump? No, I do not see Trump being in there. So I I would say in the end, I would say in the end, it's going to come down to Sanders and Carson, and that's who we're going to see running in the end. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. So. Um, it but, yeah,
3: look to be... That Carson thing, that Carson thing, you must have predicted that a couple months ago because that doesn't really look like it's working out.
1: It it doesn't because, and one of the things i brought up in my show, which is in my archives, is that he will be the comeback person. He will be the person that's presented to us much the way the current self has been presented. Yeah, but gonna it, presented who's going to win? As a people's choice. So,
3: who's going to win, though? Yeah. You said Bernie you said Bernie versus uh, Carson, but who's going to win?
1: In the long run, I would say it's probably going to be Carson. Because of the way he is coded to the U.S. presidency, they have the most influence over him. The elite has the greatest influence over him and uh, would be able okay. to maintain that. And he has the greatest alignment to the position of presidency, that will not trigger um, assets before the elite want them triggered. And he also has an energy pattern in him that allows him to create alliances and partnerships that would be very valuable for the elite. So he holds the greatest um, benefit to to the elite grouping. All right,
3: because this guy is limited in the poll. It is hilarious. There is like barely yep. any chance of him coming back from it at this point. So, are you really sure you want exactly, to commit to this prediction? It's still, it hasn't exactly happened, so it's really, it's not too late right. to change your mind. It's not too late for the energy to you say right. something different.
1: It's, it's not too. Late. So uh, you and, could, and, you and could and, even
3: come up with a new, better prediction.
1: And yes, that might even I have a better chance along. of that. As I've said all along, Trump is. The big red flag of the election. He's the entertainment factor to distract everybody from what they really want to put in motion, and they want to make Carson seem what, like. What do the they want to put in motion? I'm sorry,
3: I'm, I'm not being condescending. I just wasn't listening earlier. What, yep. uh, what are they trying to put that's in motion okay. this time around?
1: Yeah, and that's that's something that I covered in a whole other show. But yeah, it's they want to they want to present him as the person that comes back from behind. <laughs> So
3: who? Oh Carson, Carson. Uh-huh. Did you say that in the initial prediction that that,
1: yeah. that
3: Carson's gonna make a comeback? Or was it just Carson's gonna win?
1: Uh in my initial prediction I I made that prediction that he would be uh coming back, he would be one that would come kind of from behind. He would be the one that would be uh so Carson's gonna get Trumps from behind. You know. Do you believe
3: in a reptilian? Do you believe in reptilian?
1: I I am familiar with that energy. There's definitely a reptilian, you know, agendas at play in the world. There's no to me. There's no question that that exists. Um, it goes hand in hand though with some of our bigger aspects of. of
3: yeah, Either did you know that, that out, uh, the reptilian theory, you know the reptilian theory, it came out uh reptilian theory it came out uh 2 years after a book got written a, a sci-fi novel for children about mm-hmm. um reptilians uh becoming world leaders. So honestly, I think that's just more evidence of reptilian influence and that it's real. Is that uh, uh-huh. fucking book for young children was written two years before the the reptilian theory was created. That really, uh, really, that really makes it, solidifies it for me. So, you know? well,
1: well, I'm gonna have to um, put you back on mute for now because we're kind of yeah, yeah, ourself, you are.
3: Yep,
2: yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. well, and so, um, anyways. As we move back to things, and we've been talking today about um, really being aware of what's happening with our special forces that are being deployed right now, and with the special forces energy and with with this type of deployment, we have to realize what's more at hand. So what I want to do is to Again, it's not about living in fear. It's not about sitting there worrying about, oh, my God, you know, this could be a horrible thing for everybody that's going over there. What we want to do is actually to take our focus and turn it towards um, opening up to consciousness, opening up that they do make the practical choices, that they do make the responsible choices that need to be made in the world right now, and to to send out the heart energy and to let people know that the love is there. We don't have to fight over it. There is no fighting over love, Um, that, that the wars are really, you know, as much as they are happening in the world, they're also a big illusion in our world. You know, they're not the genuine energy. They're not the place for us to be putting our attention. And if we allow ourselves to react to all these things that are going on that are war and competition based, then they're going to perpetuate. If we keep taking our energy and we keep taking our thoughts and our hearts and we turn it into that heart centered space, if we turn it into um, that place of just reminding people the love is here, the love is here. It's right here. It's it's within each of us. It's it's internal, and we don't have to fight for these things because we already have them. Okay, the the big important freedoms we already have them, and we have that ability to say, you know, hey, we're going to be free. We're going to have our choice. We're going to keep our choice, and we don't have to keep turning it over. And these are the things to keep in mind. So let's everybody just kind of. Take a little time right now. Take a a big, deep breath. Okay. Big, deep inhale. We want to let our bodies just kind of relax a little bit. Take a couple more deep breaths. Nice, big exhale. a deep breath. And now, taking this breath and we're letting ourselves just relax down a little bit, I want you to take the moment to tune into how it would feel to live in a world that is so full of compassion. How it would feel to see people just laying down their weapons and saying no more war. To not fighting. How it would feel to live in a world where our children are safe, safe to play outside, where they can be happy, where they can laugh, Live in a world where we can have places to raise families lovingly and safely. How it would feel to live in communities where people cared about one another and how it would feel to have people all around the world of all different ethnicities and religions standing together, joining together, truly from the heart, truly caring about one another, truly being of service joyfully one another. Working side by side not as color, not as belief system but as people, as true brothers and sisters in the world. And just hold that for a moment. And that love in your heart for how great that feels to be in a world where people are truly loving and caring for one another. Deep breath in there. And to just say, you know, be sincerely wish for all of those who are being deployed to be returned safely to their families. No matter who they're
2: with,
1: imagine how amazing it would be is when we choose responsibility for our earth. Not in doubt, not in disbelief, but just tune into how that feels when we make that choice. We love to be responsible to care. this heart-centered compassion out into the world. My wish, my wish for everybody in this world to be able to live with love in their hearts. Compassion for their fellow brothers and sisters, no matter who they are. Compassion that the people that are operating under ignorance and hate and triggers can wake up and have real love and true love flowing through them. Because when they do, their choices will be different. And let yourself come back up and back around into today. And remember, as you go forward into your own life, that it's not about some big victory or win or competition. It's about the love you throw in your heart. And it's about the actions you take towards others, towards the earth, and whether you're operating in a responsible and compassionate way or not. And that's your choice. And nothing external truly influences that. Big stuff here today. And, you know, I really appreciate everybody hanging in there with me and going through this and being willing to open their eyes to what is happening here and what is going on. Next week on the show, I'm going to have Claire Candy Hugh. She's a returning guest to our show, and she's going to be sharing her latest work, One True Home, Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness. And it's going to be an awesome show. This is beautiful work that she's doing. And uh, Candy was with us a while back. She was talking about Twin Flames and Soulmates, um on the previous show that she was on with me. So this is definitely going to be an interesting aspect and um, this work is based on some of her out of body experiences and things like that. Um, my books, my work, all of that you can check out through my website. Uh, by the way, Jesse and NicholsSchwartz the number one dot com. I'll be getting a new video put up for the month, um, uh, probably this weekend. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot to explore there. Um, again, my collaborative effort, Embraced by the Divine, is uh, number one bestseller internationally in multiple countries. And you can get your copy. We have both the um, soft version copy and also the Kindle version that are available through embracedbythedivine.com. And when you buy that, you're not just purchasing a book. But you're getting all kinds of incredible opportunities to work with some really amazing people in their work as well um, on there. I will be gradually getting events and things put up. I'm still doing some catch-up work from some very hectic couple of months that I've been under recently. But do watch for those. And, And, again, if you're between... Sioux South Dakota and Los Angeles <laughs> and you would like me to come and speak to a group or be a part of the book club or share anything, work with a healing event that you have going on or anything, please contact me. I would love to book some things along the way and to to come and just share my work and compassion. and. I can talk about all kinds of things from surrender to dark nights of the soul. Well, anybody who listens to this show knows there, there probably isn't a topic I can't talk about <laughs> along the way, so just connect with me and see, and, and we'll see what we can work out. Uh, February's February special deal is that you can pick up the e-book version of my book, Do Me, Life Dreams, and it's companion workbook for only ninety nine each, and that is all about finding and developing your perfect relationship for you. Don't forget we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Uh, Very consistently, we have Susan Weed on sharing her work in herbs and natural plants, usually on Tuesday nights for that. Uh, Wednesday nights, we have Daniel and Janice on a lot of times with our flagship show. Uh, Last last Tuesday, Janice did another one of her shows, that she has going going on and it's focusing on women and, and empowerment for women and various things like that. Uh, Darren Baker comes on uh, from time to time. Kevin Baird pops his head on from time to time. So we have all kinds of people doing some incredible work here. And of course, Fridays is. Code Connection. This is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today, and thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those that have been streaming live with us on 10, known as Care Encounters Network, Stream Finder, and Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and those also catching the YouTube version of our show, which I hope to get up sometime this weekend with a little bit of luck. (laughs) I do look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at this very same link in our archives immediately after we finish today. I'm going to leave you again with the song Yearning For, also known uh, as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai, And again, you can connect with Shemshai either through Facebook or through their website. And that's www.shemshai.com, which is S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and have
0: a truly amazing week. And If I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind, and to touch what seems unreal. Just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with the season of change inside. And we are in tune with the tune, caught in a balance of sun and moon. Light within shining to show you it's it to be when all I have is all I need. I will soar through the edge of eternity, and we see in eye to eye one within love to be for the divine. and we're walking hands. Learning to walk just a little bit slower. Whispering secrets that you can't keep it. No turning back now, this time we reveal it. Once you are another, all will discover the essence within the most beautiful lover. Time is still turning, the love is still burning. Deep in your spirit, your heart is still yearning. you hey. Thank you.